All right, so before we begin going further in the in the text of, of uh, chapter 4 of Shari Yichud, I realize that there's a mushal, there's a parable that I need to share that'll make a lot clearer what we were discussing the past couple of days, and it'll make it a lot more easier for us to understand. So we were discussing the difference between the tzimtzum of Shari Yichud Vemuna chapter 4 and higher levels of tzimtzum that start from Hashem in a higher level and much higher levels in, in worlds, right? So, just to make a, put things in perspective, the way to understand the difference between this tzimtzum, the one that's talk, being talked about in Shachar chapter 4, and the one from higher levels in Hashem, the way to understand it is literally the muscle that the Magidim Mizrich gave of a Rav and Talmud, of a teacher and a student, Okay? So let's go back, let's take a step back for a second. Before we read the, 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 the text inside, I want to take a step back a second and just review again to make sure we know we're on the same page with, with uh, what this symptom over here is talking about. So when you have a teacher and a student that are completely incomparable, let's say you have Einstein and a five-year-old kid. And Einstein has to teach the five-year-old kid. And right now in Einstein's head, there's a million different things going on. There's physics and calculus and trigonometry and logarithms, whatever those are. So he has a million things going on in his head. And he has to teach a five-year-old kid. What's the first thing that Einstein has to do to be able to find an idea that the five-year-old kid could comprehend? What's the first thing he has to do? Exactly. He has to stop his other processes and thoughts. He has to draw a blank. Is that the symptom of Shari Yichud Perak Dalid? No. That's a muscle for the symptom of Orein Sof. When there's Orein Sof in the beginning, when before Hashem did anything, there's Hashem's infinite light. So the first symptom is that he draws a blank, so to speak. He completely conceals everything, conceals all his light, conceals all his revelation. Then he brings about a kav, a little teeny ray of light, back into the halal. What's that a mushal for? That's a, what's, what's the mushal for that? That when Einstein finds an idea that the five-year-old will be able to understand. Right? That's the next thing. He finds an idea of the five-year-old. But let's say two plus two equals four. 2 plus 2 equals 4 is the Kav coming back into the Halal. And now that Einstein found an idea that the, that the 4-year-old kid could understand. A 5-year-old kid could understand. 2 plus 2 equals 4. Okay? Now here's the thing. If a F- Einstein will say to a little kid, 2 plus 2 equals 4, he won't understand anything. Because a child's world is in numbers. To what? To, what, what, what does he have to do? If Einstein just says to a kid, two plus two, a little kid, two plus two equals four, that, that, that doesn't mean anything. That's why in math class you say two oranges and two oranges and two a- make four oranges. Two bananas and two bananas make four bananas, right? In other words, what does Einstein then have to do? He has to then put the idea into a muscle, into a parable, right? That is a symptom of vessels. 
That's the symptom of vessels where now Hashem is putting His light into vessels to allow creatures to be created from that light. Is that what we're talking about in Shari Yuchud Perak Dalit? Also not. Why not? There's, there's it's still too much. There's still too much there. Right. In other words, it's still openly in the in the mushal in the parable. The teacher is still openly saying math. He's still saying a mathematical idea. And so that is a good parable for the higher worlds, where Hashem puts His light into vessels and makes angels and godly realms and spiritual celestial realms. So Hashem is putting His light into vessels, but still it's openly felt to be math. What's a mushal for the Sharichad Peragdal that we're learning over here? What's a mushal for this? If Einstein was, is going to say a riddle to the child, if Einstein like just says a riddle, that, that is a complete concealment and the child is not going to be able to comprehend. And that's the, the situation that we're in, that we look at the world and we don't see the godly light at all. So is that, is that process clear that, in other words, the Seder Shtalshul is the downshading of worlds from Hashem till we get all the way down here below. There's a whole process of tzimtzumim, of concealments that Hashem is putting His light in different concealments and different containers and different vessels, etc., until we finally come down to this world down here below. Okay? So that's, I just, uh, Jonathan is not, he, he asked me this yesterday at the end of the class, he's not able to be here today, but he got the COVID shot yesterday. But, but, uh, that, but that's, the, that, that's the way to remember that we're talking about from Hashem's essence and Hashem's infinite light all the way down here below, there are many, many millions of levels of tzimtzumim. And Shaychad Vemuna, we're now talking about chapter 4, this symptom we're talking about over here is talking about the lowest level. The lowest level. Okay? Alright, let's see the text inside. Let's see the text inside. So we learned yesterday that that the names of God of Havai and Elikim function like a sun and a shield. That Shem Havai is the godly revelation, the revelation of God's light through which things come into being. And Shem Elikim is Hashem contracting and concealing His light that they should seem as if there's something other than Him. And they function like a sun and a shield that just as the covering shields the sun, so the name Elikim conceals the name Havaya, blessed be he. And now he's going to get into the, now he's going to get into the different Shemus. He's going to go through them in the text inside. Let's see. The meaning of the name Havaya. First he describes what's the name Havaya. Now, before I even uh, continue reading, I want to say something very important over here. If you remember by the burning bush, when Hashem appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu at the Sneh, at the burning bush, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu that I appeared to the Ovois, to Avimitzik and Yaakov, with the name Kel Shindalad Yud, Ushmi Havaya Loinoidati Lahem. You remember? Hashem says at the burning bush that I never revealed my name Havaya to Avimitzik and Yaakov. The problem is that if you look in all the parshias where the Ovis where the Ovis are, the parshias where there are the Ovis, plenty of times it says Shem Havaya. 
Vayera Elav Havaya. Havaya reveals himself to Avram Avinu. So why at the burning bush does Hashem say to Moshe, Ushmi Havaya Loinadati Lehem? I never made him known to my name Shem Havaya. So from here, Chesidus extrapolates and Chesidus explains that there are levels in Shem Havaya. We know this also from the 13 attributes of mercy. How do the 13 attributes of mercy begin? The 13 attributes of mercy, the Yudgim Omidah how do they start? Havaya, Havaya, Kel Rachum Mechanun. So there are different levels of Shem Havaya. Yeah? So there's Havaya, which is known as Shem Ha'etzem. That's Hashem's essential name, Havaya. And that's what at the burning bush Hashem said that He didn't reveal to the Ovis. Because the only way to get the essential name, the Shem Yudke Vavke, that's in God's essence, that's only through Torah Mitzvahs. Which Avim Mitzik and Yaakov didn't get yet. That's what Hashem was saying to Moshe at the burning bush, that now I'm going to reveal my essential name, Havaya. Okay? But as we're learning, remember we learned yesterday that Shem Havai and Hashem Alekim are throughout all the different levels as God manifests, those two names appear at all those levels, are, 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 are connoting God at each of the levels, each step of the way as He's manifesting. Okay? So what the Alter Reb is now going to say, what, what are you asking over here? What do you mean Havaya A and Havaya B? It sounds like you, maybe I misunderstood that. Do you mean that there's a, a higher level of Havaya and a lower lower level of Havaya and that's the two, the way, the way it's repeated there? Is yeah. That what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's different... Like Havaya A and Havaya B. As well. well, it's called Havaya de la Ela and Havaya de la Sata. The higher level Havaya, Havaya de la Ela, and Havaya de la Sata, the lower level Havaya. And what I'm trying to say is that the higher level Havaya is God's name as He is in Himself, not as He's manifesting. That's the highest level Havaya. And that's the Havaya that at the burning bush that Hashem said that He didn't reveal to the Ovis. That's that Havaya. Okay? The Havaya that the Alter Rebbe, the Shem Yudke Vovke, that the Alter Rebbe is going to explain now is Havaya de la Sata, is the lower level Havaya. That's what I want you to bear in mind. This is not talking about Havai and Hashem's essence. And you'll see that from the way the text is written over here. But when you see Havaya, Havaya, so there's Havaya de Leila, the higher Havaya is God's name as He's in His essence. And the lower name Havaya is as He's creating worlds, as He's manifesting His light to be worlds. Yeah? And that's why... That's why you're going to see over here that this level Havaya is not talking, because usually we speak about Shem Havaya as being Shem Ha'etzem, the name of God's essence. That's not what he's going to be describing over here. Not at all. So this is the lower level of Shem Havaya. That's why if you remember, by the way, by the 13 attributes of mercy, by the Yegimah Midas the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says, why does it say Havaya Havaya? One before the sin? One after a person sins and repents. That's the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah. Why? There are two Shem Havaya and you'd give me the Sarachamim. One is before the sin and one is after he repents. So that's literally the same thing. That when you need to go to, when you need repentance, when you need purity, you need to go to the higher level Shem Havaya. Because since a person, when a person sins, they make a Pagam. We, we, we unfortunately bring 
destruction to the lower worlds, to the to the worlds that God creates. We have to go to the Shem Havaya, the higher essential name Havaya, to be able to bring down purity and to bring down forgiveness. Okay? But what the Alter Rebbe is now going to describe over here, what he's going to describe in the text, is the lower, the lower level Havaya, the lower Shem Havaya. Let's see inside. I mean, but, but that's why I want to... He starts by saying the meaning of the name Havaya. Do you see that he says that? The meaning of the name Havaya. As soon as you say that there's a meaning to the name Havaya, you've already said it's not God's essence. Do, do you understand? As soon as, you, as soon as we're learning now that there's a meaning to Shem Havaya, which there is, we're going to learn now what the meaning of Shem Havaya, of the name Yudke Vavke is, but that tells you, the fact that there's a meaning to it, tells you it's not talking about the Shem Havai in God's essence. Could anyone say why? Do you know why? Because the Shem Havai in God's essence doesn't have a meaning because God doesn't have any particular way of manifesting or any parameters. Shem Havai as it's God's essential name, the name of His essence doesn't have a meaning. And so the Havaya that's going to be discussed here, this is the lower level Havaya, the Havaya as God's light is manifesting and already bringing things about. Is that clear, what I'm saying? Okay, let's see inside. The meaning of the name Havaya is that which brings everything into existence ex nihilo. It's easier, I think, at this point, if you look in the Hebrew, Shem Havaya Perusho the root word of Havaya is Lahavot, which means to create. Lahavot means to create. And he's constantly creating something from nothing. So the Shem Havaya is the name that it means that he's actually bringing things into existence. And that's why I'm telling you, it's not talking about the higher level Havaya that's in God's essence. This is already as God's light is manifesting to bring everything into existence. And that's what the name Havaya over here, on this lower level Havaya, that's what the name means. Lahavot means to create. And says the Alter Ebo, that's the root of it is Lahavot, which means to create. The prefix Yud, now how does Shem Havaya spelled? There's the He Vav He, which is the root word which means to create. But when you put a Yud at the beginning of it, when you put a yud at the beginning of that verb. So what does a yud at the beginning of a verb mean? So the Alter Rebbe says, the prefix yud, add it to the stem. Hey vav hey. When you put a yud before the hey vav hey, that modifies the verb, indicating that the action is present and continuous. I don't know in grammar what that's called, present perfect or something like that. I, I don't know in grammar there's a word for it, a gerund or something, but, but there's some kind of way of saying a verb that when you say, it's always happening. When you, when you want to say in a verb, it's always happening. Right? The, uh, it's constantly happening all the time. So the altar says, when you put a yud, before the hey vav hey, the hey vav hey means that he's creating something from nothing. His light is, man, is, 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 is creating something from nothing. And the prefix yud, when you put the yud at the beginning, that means that it's continuously happening. 
it indicates that the action is present and continuous. He brings an example. As Rashi comments on the verse, In this manner does Job do all the days. That Job was wont to do this all the days. This is something that Eov would always do. It's talking about that he would bring that he would make feasts and he would bring sacrifices. This was Yeosiyev, this is what Eov was always doing. That's what the Yud at the beginning of the verb means. Eov would always do like that. He was wont to do like that. He would always be doing this. This is what he would always be doing. When you put a Yud at the beginning of the verb, it means it's always happening. It's always, he's always doing it. So Shem Havaya, the lower level of Shem Havaya, what does it mean over here? That the action is present and continuous. As Rashi comments in the verse, in this manner does Job do Yeosa all the days. I.e., so what does Shem Havaya mean? The life force which flows at every instant into all things created. So the Alter Rebbe says that Shem Havaya, the lower level Havaya, is the life force that's continuously flowing into all things that are created. The continuous flow of light from Hashem into every molecule, into every cell and every atom in the universe. That's what Havaya means. Does everyone understand the ver- the the the, the um, grammar of what how he's explaining the Shem Havaya? That there's the root that he's bringing into existence, and he's always bringing into existence, meaning he's allowing his light to continuously flow and manifest as the reality. That's what Shem Havaya means. That's what Yudke Vavke. That's what the name Yudke Vavke means. The lower the, the this name Yudke Vavke, the life force which flows at every instant into all things created, from that which proceeds out of the mouth of God and His breath, and brings them into existence ex nihilo at every moment. That's Shem Havaya. So when you're talking about, when you talk about Havaya as this, the lower level Havaya, as this name of God, it's the vitalizing principle of reality. Shem Havaya, this lower level, again, the Shem Havaya in the essence, Havaya Havaya, the first Shem Havaya in God's essence, that's just his proper name. But this lower level Havaya is, means that he's continuously flowing his life force at every instant into all things created from the breath of his mouth, bringing them into existence ex nihilo at every moment. For the fact that they were created during the six days of creation is not sufficient for their continued existence as explained above as we learned in chapter 2. So that's what Shem Havaya means. Now, let's just get something clear for a second. Let's say for a second there wouldn't be Shem Alikim. There would just be this Shem Havaya. What would you experience the world as? No concealment. No concealment. So what would it what would it, what would the world be? A flow of godly light. God's essence. Not the essence, not God's essence. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right? Because the, right. Th- this is still after Tsimtsum. This is after right. he does the original Tsimtsum. This is after Einstein finds an idea for the five year old kid. So it wouldn't be God's essence. You would see the world and you would just see the world as everything is just God's light continuously flowing and manifesting as reality. 
And that's the truth of what Havaya is now also. That's, by the way, why Hasidus also explains, you know, we say in Psuke de Zimra, every day in Davening, Yehalelu Hashem Havaya that all created things could praise Shem Yudke Vavke. Right? If you, if you look in Psuke de Zimra, if you look through the different Halalukas, it talks about how all created things are able to praise Yudke Vavke. And the question is, if Yudke Vavke is the name that's connected to God's essence that's only brought down through Torah and mitzvahs, how are frogs and things of this world, how is everyone able to praise Yudke Vavke? And the answer is, because again, we're talking about this lower level of Shem Havaya. This lower level of Shem Havaya where he's Mahave, where he's making his light continuously emanate and continuously manifest reality into existence. That's what Shem Havaya is. Yeah? Oh, says the Alter Rebbe further, let's read inside, and now he's going to introduce Shem Alikim. In the, enumer- in the enumeration of the praises of the Holy One, blessed be He, meaning when we say Hashem's praises in Shemona Esrei, in Shemona Esrei, when we say God's praises, it is written, Hagodol Hagibor. Right? You remember in Shemona Esrei, in Shemona Esrei we say, Baruch HaTashem Elokeinu Elokeinu Hakel Hagodol Hagibor. So we're referring to God as Hagodol and Hagibor. What's the difference between Hagodol and Gibor? So what the Alter Rebbe is going to explain is that Hagodol is Shem Havaya and Hagibor, the Mighty One, the Strong One, is Shem Alekim. What's the difference between Godol and Gibor? Godol means the greatness. The greatness of God is the fact that He's creating everything, something from nothing. Gibor, the mightiness of God, is the fact that He's able to conceal it and we don't feel that it's Hashem's light. So let's see inside. In the enumeration of the praises of the Holy One, blessed be He, it is written, Hagodol Hagibor, the great and the mighty, etc. Hagodol refers to the attribute of chesed. So what we're learning now is that this lower level Shem Havaya corresponds to the meaning of chesed. What's the meaning of Hashem's chesed? What's the meaning of Hashem's loving kindness? Reality. Reality is a constant flow of God's love, a constant flow of His chesed. That's what the Alter Rebbe says. Hagodol refers to the attribute of chesed and the spreading forth of the life force into all worlds and created things without end or limit. If you look over here, it's very nice, footnote 8, he says over here, the characteristic of chesed is to bestow boundlessly. What's real loving kindness? What's real chesed? Is one gives without limit, without calculation, without holding back. One is just continuously giving. And that's what Shem Havaya is. Shem Havaya is continuously flowing the light into existence. I think I've told you before that in Kabbalah, one of the nicknames of, of Shem Havaya is Be'er Maim Chaim. Be'er Maim Chaim, the well of the spring of flowing waters. If you ever see a be'er, if you ever see a spring, the water is continuously flowing out of the ground. So Shem Havaya means as the light of Hashem, the chesed of Hashem that's continuously flowing His light to bring worlds into existence. That's Shem Havaya. 
does everyone see now why this is the lower level Havaya? The fact that we're calling it Chesed, that we're calling it that it's spreading the worlds into existence, it's not the first Havaya that's in God's essence. Okay? It's the lower level Hashem Havaya. So Gadol refers to the attribute of Chesed and the spreading forth of the life force into all the worlds and created things without end or limit so that they shall be created ex nihilo and exist through chesed chinam, gratuitous kindness. That's Shem Havai, that it's a constant flow, that things should continuously be existing. And the attribute of chesed is called gidula, hagodl. Why in Shmanesri do we call it hagodl? Why do we call it hagodl? For it comes from the greatness of the Holy One, blessed be He, in His glory and essence. In other words, this light that's flowing down to bring the world into existence is coming from, is connected to His Bedveikus, to Hashem as He is in the first Havaya also. Because that's why it's the greatness of the Holy One, blessed be in His glory and essence, for God is great and His greatness is unsearchable. And therefore He causes life force and existence ex nihilo to issue forth for an unlimited number of worlds and creatures, for it is the nature of the beneficent to do good. Teva hatov lehetiv. Let me explain what he's saying over here. There should be, if you, if you were listening to what I was saying, there should be something that's bothering you. There should be an oxymoron over here. On one hand, we're learning that this Havaya is the lower level of, of, of Shem Havaya. It's referring to the light of God that's already manifesting and bringing reality into existence. Okay? But the Altar just said, but it's called Hagodol, God's greatness, because to create ex nihilo, something from nothing, that only God in His essence is able to do. Only God in His essence could create something from nothing. Right, we're not talking about essence right now. Exactly. The... Exactly. So, it's being called Hagodol. Let's read the words again. And the attribute of Chesed is called Gedula, for it comes from the great. It comes from the greatness of the Holy One, blessed be in His glory and essence. To be able to create things ex nihilo, something out of nothing, that has to be able to come from God's essence. That that does only Hashem and His essence is able to create something from nothing. So how are you telling me that this lower level Havaya is this the light that's actually bringing worlds into existence? But it has to be. Able, but only Hashem and His essence is able to bring something something from nothing into existence. So, but that's, you ever understand what I'm asking? But that's why if you look what he says, the word I, I, the words he uses, it's called Gedula for it comes from the greatness of the Holy One Blessed in His essence. The lower level Havaya is Hashem's re- radiance. It's still His revelation. It's like when I pick up a cup with my, with my hand, who's picking up the cup, my essence or my hand? Who's picking up the cup, my essence or my hand? Your essence. My essence, but what's, what's it using to pick it up? Sure. It's using my hand, right? My hand is the, is, the, is the flow, so to speak, of my essence. It's the way my essence is manifesting right now that's allowing me to pick the cup up. 
And so, obviously, no matter, that's what's one of the important things to remember in Chesidus. No matter how low God's light flows down, whether it's in a blade of grass or a porcupine, it's still connected to God's essence. Much more than my hand is connected to me. My hand is connected to my essence, not really. I mean, my hand is, is my essence guides my hand, but my, my hand is not in the place of my essence. What we're learning about Hashem is that even lower levels of God's light, in other words, the reason they're all called Havaya, 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 is that all the levels of light are bedveikus, are still connected, are still of the luminary, of the essence of Hashem. So no matter how much his light extends, that's the idea that, that he's saying here, Yudke Vovke, Lahavot and constantly, Be'er Maim Chaim, like a flow of living water, no matter how much light the, 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 the light goes down and extends, it's still connected to the source of Hashem's essence, which is why it could create something of nothing. If, if, um, if we are connected... Um, to the Hashem's essence more than say our my hand is connected to me. Yeah. Then why can't I mean it sounds crazy, but why can't why do we have to call ourselves godliness? Why can't we call ourselves God? Because we're we're actually much much more connected than our hand is to us. Because as soon as you say there's an us, you're already not aware of the truth of God. In other words, if you would really see how you're within God's essence, then you would be right. But th- then you wouldn't say that there's a me. As soon as you say there's an us, it means we're already trapped in the prism of the tzimtzum. We're already after, we're already experiencing reality after tzimtzum. And theoretically, that, I mean, once we understand this, we can say everything is God. Everything is God. That's I'm good. God, you're God. This desk is God. Everything is God. The Baal Shem Tov said it, God is Alts and Alts is God. God is all and all is God. But as soon as you say, I am I God, you've already denied that. Why? Because you're saying there's a you. Yeah, but me is also God. No, but you as yourself, you in who you are is a contracted little teeny ray of that. Okay, but that's also God. It's Contraction. God. It's godliness that's really united with His essence. But as soon as you're identifying yourself, or I look at the tree and I see a tree as a tree, in other words, the problem with paganism, the problem with Aveda Zara, is that you grab it. That's why in the Zohar, you know what the Zohar calls Avedah Zohar always? It's actually in the Gemara also. Lekatzeitz benetius. Cutting off the, the, cutting off the sprouts. Cutting off the grass. In other words, as soon as you've taken one thing and you've isolated it and you've said this thing, then you're already looking at the thing as a thing and not as part of God. Not clear? No, I, I, it's, it's, it's not clear to me because once you say everything is 100% etsim, okay, I understand there's contractions, but it's only from our perspective. So it's really... What do you mean it's only from our perspective? The contractions are only from our perspective? Yeah, from, 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 a, from a perspective, it's all, it's all just one. The contractions are... 
And it's what do you mean all one? They're all him. But what we're going to learn at the end of this chapter, we didn't get there yet, but the contractions are not all the same. Hashem sees, that's what I was trying to explain yesterday, that Hashem sees that the contraction, the, the light that's in a flower is not, Hashem sees is different than the light that's in a tree. Either all Him, but He's manifesting in different ways. So as soon as you grab on to one particular thing, you've already separated that from the unity. It all depends on whether in your mind you're bringing everything back up into unity or you're separating it from the unity. But it's all in my limited uh, perception that I'm, I'm separating. The reality is it's all one, right? We, we, that is we true. That, that is true. So becomes, uh, because I'm so flawed, I see everything as a particular really thing. What are you saying? But it's not really true. What's not really true? I mean, yes, that God is all, but if you're to say that the God that's in the flower is the same as God in the Chumash, it's not the same. It's not the same, no. Right. Right. So it's not that just all is God in the same way. All is God, but that doesn't mean that God is manifesting the same way. We're going to learn about Shem Kim that Shem Kim makes that Hashem's light literally manifests in different ways. So if if you'll say... Is God all that exists? Yes. But are you or is a tree God? No. As soon as you've identified the tree, you've separated it from the whole. But we can't separate anything from God. It's impossible. You and your mind have. That's because I'm a a flawed human being. Whatever it is, but that's how God created the world. The whole purpose of the world is what's going on in your mind. Hashem wants us to be able to appreciate the truth in our mind. And if in our mind we separate something from God, that's of a desire. It is based on the way that you observe it, that you relate right, to so, it. So the separating is, separation is a problem. We shouldn't be separating. We should see everything as God. And a Hanami, that's why I used to say Shema Yisrael. But, that, but as, soon as, you, as soon as you're still seeing the finite details of reality... As soon as you're still seeing them as finite details, you've already separated them from God. And so as soon as you say a sentence, can I bow down to the tree? The answer is no, because you've already said there's a tree, meaning that you're not part of that unity of Hashem. If you felt the truth of Hashem's unity, you'd be just rolling around on the floor saying nishmas all day. The fact that you feel yourself as a known entity means that you're within Shem Kim. Anyway, I think it's going to, hopefully it'll be more clear. Mitzvah Shem, next week we're going to get to Shem Kim. But Shem Kim, that's what I'm trying to explain. Shem Kim is real. It's not just God isn't playing mind games with us. Shem Kim really makes differentiations and distinctions and contractions. So they might all be Him essentially, but it means that Hashem sees that there are differences within the world also. It's not just in our brain. There are differences in the way Hashem's light is manifesting. Is it clear? A little more clear? Tov, hopefully Mitzvah Shem, next week we'll get to Shem Kim. It'll be more clear. Uh, and we'll try to... This is not easy stuff. So give yourself, uh, you know, give, we have to give ourselves some time to be able to figure it all out, Mitzvah Shem. All right. Have a good Shabbos, everyone. Good Shabbos. Thank you.